Hello and welcome back to my podcast, Why Me? I'm your host, Jake. In this episode, I talked with Constantina about her struggle with anxiety. Listen to this episode if you want to learn how stigma prevented her from reaching out and what she's now doing to help others in her program who are suffering in silence. Enjoy. Hello and welcome back everyone to my podcast. This is, I think it's episode 8, 9, I call it, I can call it 18. Um, I'm here with Constantina. Do you want to introduce yourself? And Hi everyone, so my name is Constantina. I'm a third year commerce student at Queen's University. Um, I've been dancing since I was three and I think I've learned like lots since of things since I was three. Yeah. My mom says I was dancing. When, when did you learn how to walk? Um, is that, I don't know when that happened. I feel, I feel that that's around three though, you know what I mean? I think I did that too. Wow. I was a bit earlier than my brother. It's impressive. I don't know I'm saying that. But yeah, <laughs> I was like, I, I used to dance in her tummy, she used to say, so right. she just stuck me in classes right. as soon as I could walk, and I always fell in love with it. Um, and then I've been teaching dance since I was about 14, and then, like, yeah. I was, like, volunteering, and then I started my own classes at 15, and now whenever I go back home, I do, like, private lessons, something I do on the side. I'm just like so passionate about mm-hmm. it. Um, and then at Queen's, like basically I'm involved with this conference called Q Lead. Um, and I was planning on going to dance in my last year. I went to this conference, it was basically a leadership conference for grade 11 mm-hmm. for all students. When and you say you were planning on going into dance, a ballet school? I was going right. to do like ballet and contemporary. Right. Yeah. Wow. So I was looking into applying to schools in the States. Like mm-hmm. everything was very obviously like open, but it was yeah. definitely not the education path. Right. Um, and my mom was like, oh, go to the OUF, like, Ontario University Fair just to see. So I went, I heard about QE, mm-hmm. and, like, Queen's Commerce, obviously, I've heard about them, but I was, like, set on going there. Right. Um, but, yeah, like, like, obviously fell in love with the school, and look where I am now, mm-hmm. uh, which is, like, kind of crazy how, like, my goals just changed because of a four-day conference. Absolutely. But um, I've been involved with that since my first year. Um, and for me, it's like, it did so much for me. Like I'm literally here right now because of it. Mm-hmm. So if I can like give back, um, and support students and help them like find whatever they want to do, whether that's commerce or like coming to Queens or something else, yeah. then I would be like honored to be part right. of that process. Right. But yeah, it's like a little bit about me. Cool. And so, I mean, I've, I've heard your story a little bit, but you know, what is your experience with mental illness and can you share a little bit as much as you're comfortable about, mm-hmm. about your story? For sure. So in like elementary school and high school, I always like struggled with some sort of like anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, like I remember studying like so hard for tests or exams getting into the exams and just like blanking out right because like my palms would be like sweating and like I just like wouldn't be able to focus for whatever reasons and then obviously that was like because of anxiety reasons so I worked with like a lot of my teachers um and they helped me like find strategies to help whether that's like accommodating me to write in a separate room during like after hours like during Mm -hmm. lunch and like I wouldn't write with my classmates and that like obviously helped um and in terms of like a stress reliever, like dance was that my, that was my passion. That was like my outlet. Like after a long day of school, I would just like go to the studio and like dance so much. Right. But then you get to university and especially in the commerce program, um, I was like very much a high achiever and I got here and it was like, I'm mediocre. And it was really hard for me to like, it was really hard to transition. Like I would, I was always comparing myself to people. 
So I think from first year, like that mindset, like that negative mindset mm-hmm. almost like started eating at me like mm-hmm. a, little, a little bit by a little bit. And my confidence was like lowered. Um, and I wasn't like dancing as much as I did. So I think like everyone had like should find some sort of passion in their life, mm-hmm. whether that's like art or music, like mm-hmm. whatever it may be. But, um, if like I wasn't like I wasn't dedicating as much time to that so I think like my mental health just wasn't as like prominent mm-hmm. but like I still didn't like know like extent to like how bad my mental illness was getting. you weren't aware of like it. I wasn't aware right, of it right like, I would talk about it and like talk about other people and like not other people but like recognizing like if like I have a conversation with someone and they would like say something to me for mm-hmm. example about their health and I would be like oh for sure like you can do this this and this and this but then when I was talking about my own health, like I didn't Absolutely. really, it was just really weird. Yeah. You're like in this loop, like you just don't, you can't recognize it, I mm-hmm. guess. And then my grandma like also had a stroke in her first, like in my, during my first year of university, um, like in another country and my mom yeah. had to go there. And I didn't really have my mom for my three first months at school, which was really hard for me because I'm really close with my family. So I think that's also what kind of contributed to it. But anyway, like all through first year, like it was like a roller coaster ups and mm-hmm. downs. But I was super excited to come back in second year. Um, got here, jumped into like everything. Second year is like probably one of the hardest years in the commerce program. I started like isolating myself from like everyone. I stopped dancing. Um, I stopped eating, I stopped sleeping. Like it was really, really bad, but I didn't know it was bad, if that makes sense. Um, and then my housemates obviously like realized that there was something going on. A bunch of my friends realized. So one of my really close friends like called my mom. My mom came like running to Kingston right away, picked me up, was just like traumatized by like how like how the state I was in, like I was just blurting out the most absurd things. Like it was really, really bad. Mm-hmm. Like I don't really remember that time period mm-hmm. in my life to be completely honest with you. Yeah. Um sorry. And then I went I went home. I was hospitalized. I got on medication, which I was also skeptical about because I was like, I don't Absolutely. need medication. Like, I'm fine. Like, I wasn't fine. And right? taking it means that you and have to accept that... That you have an issue. Yeah. Which is totally fine. But at yeah. the time, there's just all these thoughts that are Absolutely. straight in your head and you're... And I thought I could deal with everything by myself as, like, a married individual and I like to deal with things alone. Yeah. But I realized that I do need support. Um... Anyway, so I think taking a semester off, like, really helped me. Um, similar, like, to your story, like, I kind of got grounded. Yeah. Um, more in touch with, like, my goals and where I want to be in life at this point. Like, I know I'm young, but I, I dream so much. I have so many dreams. And I have, like, a plan for mm-hmm. myself. And I feel like at that time, I was just so, like, like my, my life's over. And right. it's just, like, totally not. It's just yeah. a setback. Absolutely. And I fell down, but I rose to the occasion. So I came back to Queens in January, um, super scary. People were looking at me like, I just like, I just felt so excluded, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Cause I know like people heard, people talk, right? Um, but I started sharing my story. I started talking to people, whether that's like in a group or on an individual level. Um, and I became so much more confident. Like I did well in school and like now I'm a part of this like mental health association at my school that I started with um, some other people in second year um, and I'm using like my story to inspire others and make a difference and like show people that it's okay to struggle and like it's okay not to be perfect but yeah that's like that's amazing it's my story I guess in a nutshell sorry it's sort of long <laughs> oh no no that's fine and I think 
I think it's amazing too how you used your your struggle and your experience to help others and and inspire others. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So reflecting back, I mean, you t- you touched on it a little bit, but how did stigma, do you think, affect your journey and your struggle? And how, of it, how much of it was stigma and how much of it do you think was just never having a conversation about what mental illness was and not really being aware of, of what anxiety or depression is? Mm-hmm. Um, so if I like went up to you and said I was going to see my doctor because I have a flu or like a concussion, like that's like a norm mm-hmm. in this like society, I guess you could say. But like if I came up to you and said like I'm going to see my therapist or my psychiatrist, like it's just not as heard of, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, like people kind of shame from that topic. Do you think that people do? I think like I think people get embarrassed. Like, not the, like, I'm not saying, like... Oh, no, 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 I know, I know, don't like, worry. The majority of people, I think, especially our age, get embarrassed for some reason. Like, I definitely was. Um, and do you think that it was commerce environment? Was it elsewhere? Was it everyone? I think it, it was like, the commerce environment because you have to look a certain... Like, you have to. Like, when I say have to, like, you don't have to. But you have to look a certain way, dress a certain way, be happy all the time, like... But who's, who's, recruiting, t- who's telling you that you have to do that? Like, that's just how you feel. Like, right. everyone just feels that way because, right. like, you're in this this commerce bubble, which is great. Right. Because, um, like, we're all here to support each other. We're all here to do well. Mm-hmm. But you, like, look at your peers and they're, like, thriving, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, and if you don't feel like you're there, it can get to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've, like, learned, obviously, to, like, not compare myself and just, like, do my thing. But it's really hard. But it, it, it is hard and it takes time. Absolutely. But, like, I think I'm at that point where, like, I'm trying to incorporate this judge-free zone in my life where I'm just, like, doing my thing and, like, I don't really care what anyone thinks, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree with you. But, like, so many people care what people think. Yeah. And I think that's also what, like, this this issue, like, the, the stigma. Like, opening the conversation. You can't open the conversation if you're embarrassed, Right. Um, and if people become more comfortable in their shoes and their body mm-hmm. and their mind, then maybe um, we can like start eliminating the stigma, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, and I think this whole like aspect of education and like our educators telling us like what anxiety is, what depression is, like I think it's lacking a bit. Um, Definitely. Like even just like during Frost Week, like if every single orientation we can have like an hour session of like resources let's say that are our queens yes I know that part but like what is anxiety what is depression like how can I see this like how will I see this a part of my life when I'm at queens when I'm in university what does it look like yeah like, what does it look like because people don't really know mm-hmm. like high school I think is very different from university yeah absolutely um, yeah absolutely you know what I mean yeah <laughs> for sure and I, I'm just curious of the question of you were talking about your story and you said that when you came back in January you felt that people were looking at you different and I and I don't know if you know the answer but I'm just curious as to what part of that you think was you know your brain interpreting those mm-hmm. responses and what part of it do you think was people actually doing it I think like 50-50 okay because obviously like I was getting so many messages from like not even like really close friends. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, concerned. Yeah. Um, like, when I was obviously had my leave of absence. And I just, like, really tried to isolate myself from technology at that point. Like, I didn't respond to a lot of people because I just wanted to... I just, like, couldn't. I don't know. I didn't know what to say. Like, I was embarrassed. All these things. Mm-hmm. But 
I think because people fully didn't know my story and know what happened to me. Like, I, I'm a very involved person. Mm-hmm. So even if someone, like, heard through the grapevine that, oh, Constantina on this exec has to go home because of X reasons, like, automatically someone starts judging for some reason. Right. So, like, yes, like, 100%, I, I felt like an outlier mm-hmm. at some point. People obviously embraced me, too. Like, absolutely, like, absolutely. Like, friends, like, I remember seeing one of my really good friends, and she just, like, gave me the biggest hug. And it felt so good, like, to see her, like, again, like, obviously I missed Queens, mm-hmm. but, um, like, people that didn't know me as, as well, like, I would get looks. Right. And, like, I, like, yes, maybe that was, like, my brain telling me, like, I don't really know how to explain it, but uh, to a certain extent, I do think, like, that it was real. Right. Um, and that becomes, like, that's part of this whole stigma thing, like, this is, like, a person that maybe thinks... Like, it's not okay to fall down or it's not, like, you should, like, always, like, keep going. Like, you should always be successful. Like, I don't agree with that. Me either. Whatsoever. <laughs> but, like, maybe that's why right. I was looked at a certain right. way. If that right. Right. Absolutely. Um, but then, like, I got up, I, I, I became a part of QCMHA, Queen's Commerce Mental Health Association, and it's, like, people also started looking at me a little bit differently because it was, like, okay, like, she fell down, she failed, and then now she's doing, like, this awesome thing that... Like, she's, like, so a part of and so involved. Mm-hmm. Like, how does that happen? Like, you know, you use your story and you, like, to just get back up. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. And so how did you stop caring what other people think? Um, my mom was, like, a huge contributor to that. Mm-hmm. Like, she's very much like that. She loves to do her own thing. Like, yeah. She's a very passionate woman. And, like, I think just having more conversations with her throughout the year... Um, getting more like in touch like with myself if that makes sense mm-hmm. and like she knows me best like compared to everyone else mm-hmm. just allowed me to like I guess reflect on my day and like what didn't work and what did work and like let's say like I'm a very sensitive person so like if I had a conversation with someone I wouldn't really show them something they said like upset me I would go like, right. talk to my right. mom and she'd be like listen like it's okay like that's just their opinion like you do your own thing blah 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 like you know what I mean mm-hmm. so just having these like conversations with someone that's like really close with you um to like get back grounded to get grounded and like get back to check in with myself I think allowed me to like just like not care anymore right. I just do my thing that's awesome yeah that's awesome so how how did academic pressure tie into into all that I mean especially you know as you said second year is pretty stressful and how did that tie into the way that you were feeling well, I remember having like a meeting from one of my groups and I like woke up that morning and just felt so shitty, excuse my language, and oh, just like, I just couldn't get out of bed. Yeah. Like I just couldn't, like I just, it was like a rough night, I didn't sleep that night and I was, I felt like I was a walking zombie if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, Like I makes know sense. like if I went to that meeting, like I just wouldn't be able to contribute, like I would probably like have a blank face and look stupid. Mm-hmm. So like I just remember texting them saying like I don't feel well, like I can't come. And, like, that became something that reoccurred. Um, And I wasn't comfortable saying to my group members, like, I didn't even know at the time I was dealing with something bigger than myself, if that makes sense. Are your group members your friends? Do you choose them? So, some of them, like, you chose, some of them you didn't. Right. But the majority of the ones I chose. And, but these were, like, not my, my closest friends. They were more acquaintances. Right. Um, and I know, like, I, I know now that if I did have a conversation with them, they would have been 100% supportive. Mm-hmm. But at the time... But it's scary. It was scary. Yeah, exactly. So I think just, like, in terms of these academic pressures, there's a lot. Like, there's, like, presentations. Um, and then it's on the same day, you have, like, a test. And then, like, something else and something else. And, like, if you're not mentally 
stable like how mm-hmm. can you go about your day doing these things mm-hmm. successfully so like my marks my grades definitely suffered in that sense mm-hmm. and I wasn't reaching my potential but like it's not the end of the world like I learned how to cope with that um I think in terms of how it positively impacted me is yeah a lot of my teachers um were just like awesome like I would go in and ask for help and these like asking help for like with a finance problem for example would turn into a conversation about like how I'm doing um and like they actually care about you like I know like sometimes people think in the university like you're a number but if like you go and introduce yourself to a prof the chances are that like they want to know you're doing okay Mm -hmm. like their whole their whole career is circulated around students um so in terms of like the positive aspects of that I think they were a great resource they were a great support system they're still Mm -hmm. like a certain professor that I still go see, like, he doesn't teach me right now, but he, like, loves to hear about how I'm doing, mm-hmm. um, which is just great, because, like, you walk into this building, and yes, like, you get stressed out sometimes, but you also, like, feel relieved, because, mm-hmm. like, you know there's people there to mm-hmm. support you, and they, they want you to do well, and they want you to graduate in four years, or five years, whatever, but they want you to graduate, is the point. They want you to, like, be successful. And I'm sure if you went in and told them, hey, this is how I've been feeling, they would say school doesn't matter you know you are the most and I well I mean I would hope they would say that you're the most important thing it's it's yeah. not you know and, and working with you to come up with an accommodation of some sort so. yeah. and like now I have accommodations right. for my exams like right. I didn't have that right. in second year it, it was something that was accessible but I was like oh I don't need it like yeah. I want to do what my the rest of my peers are doing right but these these profs like definitely like want to be there for you like but when you hear that sometimes it doesn't really click that you need it if that makes sense mm-hmm. Maybe I had to, like, fall down in order to, right. like, realize that I needed that. Right. But, yeah. Right. Yeah. Cool. So, we've made a lot of progress in recent years regarding stigma, I think, both, you know, at Queen's and, and just generally. But we still have a long way to go. So, how do you think that we can continue to get rid of the stigma around mental illness? Um, I kind of touched on this before, but um, there's, like, whole aspect of passion, like, someone finding something they love like to de-stress to cope with mm-hmm. mental health mm-hmm. like that won't like necessarily directly eliminate stigma but um I don't know that's like one way like for people to like help like in terms of like helping with their own mental health but I think with also stigma comes with like this judge-free zone that I t- touched upon a little bit um like if you know that someone like was dealing with their mental health like don't treat them any differently than you would like the, the person beside them if that makes sense just because like they have a mental illness doesn't mean they're like it defines them right. if that makes sense um so if people can just like become more comfortable um speaking to people and like opening this conversation in more of a like casual environment Absolutely. if that makes sense yeah then maybe like slowly like obviously there's like a long way to come um this this whole idea of stigma can like this barrier, I feel, mm-hmm. like will start to be eliminated. Right. Um, but yeah. And do you think that, that do you think that stigma was one of the biggest barriers to to reaching out to help? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because you just don't feel comfortable. Right. Um, you don't like yes in terms of recognizing that there's something up. I think mm-hmm. that's like the first step. Okay. But um, stigma, like, contributes to so much in terms of. Like, why, like, how would I go to, like, talk to someone, right? you know, like, if it's professional, if, like, let's say walking into the building, I'm scared about, like, someone seeing me. Right, right. Like, if that makes sense, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Um, yeah. 
And you touched on it too, but you said at the beginning, you know, you were uncomfortable sharing your story. Do you find that as you shared your story more, you became more comfortable with it? Yeah, I became more comfortable. I became more confident now. Right. Like, like here I am, like saying it to yeah. you, like, yeah. like I'm saying it to like everyone now. Like, and I didn't like I like this time last year definitely didn't see myself sharing my story. If that makes sense. Yeah, me um, but like here I am today, mm-hmm. and I do feel more confident because it's like it is a part of like I feel like everyone's like a puzzle piece. Like it's part yeah. of my puzzle piece. Right. It's part of who I am today. So, like, why should I be embarrassed to share it? Right. That makes sense. Absolutely. Um. So, yeah. I think that's, I think that's awesome. And I think that, you know, as you share it more, for sure, you get, you get more comfortable about it. I think that there is a certain stigma in that, you know, that is kind of a personal thing and and we shouldn't be sharing it and all those things. You know, what do you think about that? I think also like, I'm okay, so I'm Greek. So Mm -hmm. in my culture, we're very like open about our emotions. So I think in terms of that, it was very easy for me, not easy for me, but easier for me yeah, to like absolutely. talk about my emotions and how I'm feeling to my family. Like mm-hmm. when they picked me up and like after I was hospitalized and after yeah. this like rough point in my life, because it's just something we've been very like open, like affectionate people, like open right. about talking about. But there are certain cultures that like are just like don't talk about mental health. Like it's, it's, it's almost looked down upon. Um, Definitely. Because of, like, whatever reasons that's part of their culture and their religion and stuff. But I think that also contributes to it. Because, like, if you're, like, an international student, Mm -hmm. you come to this school, like, and you're experiencing these issues, but, like, because of your, like, like, your background, um, there's, like, this whole stigma, like, Mm -hmm. this barrier because of that, then obviously it'll be difficult for them. Like, I don't even know how, like, they deal with it. Yeah. Like, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. And I feel, and it sounds you as well, very lucky that my family was supportive because mm-hmm. who knows, you know, if you made the call home to your parents and said, I need to come home and they said, you know, why or no, you know, that would, would just be. there and deal with it. Like you're in school, like keep continue. I don't know yeah. what I would have done. Yeah, right? exactly. But like that could happen. Yeah. Like people could get, yeah. people well, could Well, especially if you're parents. from a different country, oh, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah. So... So reflecting back to, I mean, what do you think would have been helpful in your journey that maybe would have gotten you to recognize how you were feeling and get help earlier than you did? I like, honestly wish I heard someone saying something similar to what I'm saying right, right now, right. like back then, yeah. because I would have just known that, okay, like I'm not the only one struggling. Like a lot of people, like a lot of my friends like, are very high achievers. They never, yeah. like, this was never really a topic of conversation, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And um, I think if I heard someone's story, like, up front, like, being there, maybe it would have helped me. Maybe it would have, like, allowed me to push through, get it, like, get to finals, like, relax during Christmas, come back in the new year, and, like, like be just as successful, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, yeah. You know? Good answer. Yeah. I say if that makes sense a lot. I've realized that. <laughs> it does make that. sense. <laughs> Um, is there anything else you'd like to, to share about something that helped you, something you want to share with? I think I just want to like say like whoever's listening that um, um, like it's totally okay to struggle. Um, you need to talk to people like whether that's like someone in your res floor or a teacher or a counselor. Like just please like talk to someone about how you're feeling. I promise you like 
it'll help you after mm-hmm. and you'll reflect and feel better about it um, and just like help us open this conversation help us like talk about this like prominent issue in our generation and society yeah. sure awesome well thank you so much for being here today I really appreciate it <laughs> This podcast is produced in collaboration with CFRC.ca in Kingston, Ontario. CFRC is located on traditional Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee territory. Infrastructure support for the CFRC podcast project is provided by the Queen's University Faculty of Engineering and Applied Science. For more information or to get involved in podcasting, visit podcasts.cfrc.ca.